Hello, this is Lisa Russick with the podcast We Are All Psychic. And today we have a really cool guest. Her name is Jeannie. And Jeannie, would you like to say hello? Hi. Hello to you and hello to everybody. So, uh, Jeannie, I have a question for you. Do you think we're all psychic? Absolutely. 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 I agree. (laughs) So what brought you to that conclusion? Well, I didn't come to it early in my life because I had this misconception well, in order to be psychic, you know, you had to have a 1-800 number and have an island accent. That's what the television told me <laughs> to do. And then I saw this delusion that you had to have been somehow uh, tapped when you were a child and the world all knew it. And and uh, I had that I had that conception, too, like this child just knew everything, you know, I know it and, and, and all their life. And, yeah. You know, and and that you had to be able to see auras and you had to say me too. Uh, oh, uh, yes, I have a spiritual guide and he stands over here and his name is Wana Wana <laughs> or something. And because none of that happened to me. I thought, OK, and therefore I'm not psychic. Right. Nothing could be farther from the truth. Every one of us is, and every child is, every animal is. I mean, I have two yes. kitties right now, and they see spirits. I swear they do. Oh, and they, they do. And uh, they look up and talk and mew, and it used to scare me. And then I'd think, oh, well, what do they want or what do they need? And I thought, well, they're talking to somebody. Just give it a rest. You know? Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And um I couldn't see auras. I still don't see auras today, but it doesn't mean I'm not psychic. I I then began to learn their clairvoyance, clairsentience, uh, clairaudience. And for those who are listening that don't know, it don't have a preconceived notion of how you get energy or tap into energy, because that's what I did. I, I thought, well, you have to be this way. No, I'm real clairsentient. So, I sense things. And then there will be times, and this may not make any sense to anybody, but there are times that I know something. That's a, that's claircognizance. Yeah, that's me too. I have that mainly, the claircognizance is just knowing. Absolutely. And yeah. it's a, there's a very strong difference between believing something and knowing something. True. And knowing something taps into your intuition, which all of us have. Everybody uses it. I'm sure everybody has had an experience where you, you're thinking of somebody and the phone uh, rings and that's where they are. Oh, yeah. everybody says, oh, that's a coincidence. No. Too many people have that happen. And yeah. that's been an example on the podcast a lot. Yeah. You know, because everybody it happens to everybody, you know. It does. Yeah. And, 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 you know, if you're wondering about being psychic or not, just, you know, don't. I guess my best advice would be. Just be gentle with yourself and don't have these preconceived notions. Check out the one of the ways I started when I was really beginning to honor my intuition was um, and and a lot of times I get these ideas that I thought were my ideas, but they weren't. They they were kind of put in I need to and, you and yeah. I think oh okay. <laughs> and so this was one of them. Was, try it. And I thought all right, I'm gonna try to follow my intuition, and I would go in to open the door to my closet and I'd say, okay, spirit, oneness, higher power, whatever you want to talk and, and call this in the invisible. And sometimes I just say mystery. Um, what would you have me wear today? Now, who cares? 
it doesn't care. I don't care. Whatever. But it, it's a practice that, that I wanted to try to get into. What would you have me wear today? And then I would just open my eyes and look. And I, okay, if my eyes went to the green blouse, I'd take that out and put it on. Just trusting. And somewhere along the day, somebody would validate, wow, that's a pretty blouse. Or you look good in green. And it was my way of validating that you could communicate to the other side or the invisible. And it yeah. was real and I wasn't crazy. And, you know, the Western mind will say, well, that's not real. That was a coincidence. You you really don't are not psychic. You don't know what you're talking about. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now, that and I would try on small things like that. Who cares? That doesn't make any difference. I wasn't going to say, OK, well, shall I sell my house and move to Borneo? <laughs> not you know, not going to happen doing that. <laughs> And then I would try using a pendulum um, and people would encourage that. And other people would say, oh, I can't use a pendulum because it just goes wherever it wants. to." <laughs> um, and I thought, well, maybe so. And then they taught me how to do uh, muscle testing or asking a question where I would. Yes, would be, you know, it, it you set up the rules, whether it be it goes through your fingers or doesn't or. I would stand or sit and ask a question and say, okay, left and right would be the one answer and back and forth be another. And I began practicing that. When I found, and this is what I advise a lot of my clients is when you are open to trying to talk with the healing spirits or guides or whatever you want to talk to, uh, call them, they're excited to help you. They're kind of standing around. I had a mentor say to me once, spirit is always broadcasting. Are you listening? And it's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, okay, I'd like to be and be able to say, I'd love to be able to communicate more with you. And the more you try this, the more they're. I'm sure they're humored by it as well, but the more they're willing, (laughs) willing to do it. Now, what scared me at the beginning was I didn't want some spirit I didn't like to come in. Right. And I, you know, visions of, uh, you know, what's her face's head turning around and... and the exorcist. And poltergeist and all those horrible movies came in. And so a mantra was kind of given to me. And I say, I, I now allow all who stand in goodness and light to work with me on any and all levels. And it was kind of a protection. I, you know, and I, I, That's I awesome. Say, I like that. I might start using that. <laughs> if there's anybody out there that's not in goodness and like, y'all go talk to somebody else, but don't <laughs> yeah, go bother somebody. Uh, who's got yeah, I was like, well, go on by. Go on by. I, I just only want the good ones here. So, um, and then sometimes it's, it's, I'm even more emphatic. I, I allow, I now allow all who stand in goodness and light to work with me on any and all levels right here and right now. And then I feel protected uh, when that happens. Um, and then to, to, I guess the first time I had a, uh, I really knew that this thought that I had was not my thought was I was having difficulty with a um, particular person. And I thought, I didn't, God, you know, well, I didn't realize at the time that 
this person was very narcissistic and mm. was easily fooling people. And yeah. so, I, but I thought, what, how do I know whether this person is telling me the truth or making stuff up or lying or whatever? And this thought came into my head. Actually, I was washing my hair and I thought, well, I guess this is the way the spirit speaks to me when I'm busy. Hour. <laughs> not attention, you know? So this thought came in my right side and left the left side. And I, I knew it did. It was like just this arrow. And I thought, well, that was it. Yeah, that's a good thought. And I thought, wait a minute. That was happening in my head. Was that my thought? No, that wasn't my thought. Mm. And what it was, was a, another mantra. Show me the true nature of this person. And I thought, hmm, okay. So every time I, I started wondering, you know, is this person trustworthy? Show me the true nature of this person. Show me the true nature of this person. And then remember your manners. Thank you. You know, thank you. Um, and boy, <clears throat> don't use that one unless you really want to know. Hold, yeah. on to, hold on to your hat because you will certainly be shown. Yeah. Very soon whether that person is trustworthy or not. Yeah, yeah. So I started in just little ways like that. And um, and I was older. I mean, I was, I don't know, when, uh, I, I certainly wasn't a child. I was, um, I'd always been open and I, I love going to psychics. I always have people would laugh at me. Oh. And um, then I if got, they had gone, they wouldn't have got, they would have kept going back, even though they laughed at you. Cause like, yeah, you know, it's like a therapist, like a listeners. Now, uh, I forgot to say, this is a video podcast on Spotify. I always forget in the beginning to say that, but I will put it in the description. Okay. Um, it, before the podcast, she told me that she is also a professional psychotherapist and yeah. a shaman. So two things have she's integrated in some way to work together. And um, I think that's just really great. And um, when you do work with people, do you integrate them both like for certain people and other people keep them separate or do you? Yes, definitely. Definitely. Because, uh, you know, I'm licensed by very (laughs) sterile bodies, but um, Mm -hmm. I understand why uh, states would have licensing boards so that people aren't taken advantage of, which unfortunately some people are. Yeah. So I do keep them very separate. Now, not with some people. I also take people on retreat. So I'll take people. Um, I'm not close to men coming on the retreat, but so far only women usually want to go. And so I'll take them and I'll, I have begun. Some of them have been clients before. Some of them have been, I've done, I've done workshops. And see, my psychotherapy business is rooted in helping people who have either had addiction themselves, who are um, in the throes of addiction themselves, or family members. I work a lot with the family members, which used to be husbands and wives. And today, the family members, 99.9% of the time, are parents. So I work with them a lot, and um, they're used to the darkness. And so um, if they're they're open to um, using any kind of form of spirituality to help them, then I'll also teach them how to do a shamanic journey, which gets them into touch with their spirit guides and their animal helping spirits. I'm um, I guess I'm old and crotchety because um, there are some people who will call me and say, oh, do you use ayahuasca? Can you teach me? Can you? 
And the answer to that is no. Not that kind of job no, no. time. No <laughs> belief is that we don't need an intermediary to speak with what yeah. created us. We are a piece of it anyway. I say we're the piece of the DNA block, the chip off the old block of whatever this thing is that that started and creation, created everything. And I don't know whether you all are looking at any of the pictures that are coming back on the James Webb. Yes. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, yes. That, oh, my God. Did you see the star that was beyond the universe? Did you I know. Yes. Yes. And oh. uh, the picture <laughs> of two galaxies colliding. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, I mean, seriously, if you haven't looked that up on the internet or on wherever you even every kind of social media has uh, a link to it and started looking at those pictures. Um, yeah. Mind. Just <laughs> blowing. Yeah. You know, and the, I mean, the first thing that ought to come to your mind is get over yourself. <laughs> You're not that important. I mean, there was <laughs> yeah. one real wonderful picture of here's Jupiter and it's like a giant basketball size, say it's a basketball. <laughs> and then here's the earth. They, they put it up against it to show the size. And here's the earth. And it would be like the teeniest, tiniest button you have on any kind of wardrobe, this teeny weeny little thing <laughs> up against. I mean, I can't even think of anything that small up against this giant, giant planet. <laughs> and, and so we're just so insignificant. And yet, boy, is this ego. I feel big. big, though. I feel oh. sometimes like I am just huge. You know, <laughs> my head yeah, is just well, hey, like there's too many thoughts. Like if, you know, the thinking. Ooh, sometimes oh, sometimes <laughs> you can think your way out of stuff. But if you haven't learned that yet or you never really were that way naturally. <laughs> I had a psychotherapist a lot like you and she was. It took her a while, but she did tell me she performed Reiki and stuff like that. And uh, she practiced when I I left was just one of my 20s. And then when I came back, she did tell me that she was a witch. So she yeah. practiced, you know, white witch. That's her thing. But she in my mind, it was more like shamanism because she did mm -hmm. the guided meditations and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So um, but I was really lucky. She was one of those open minded types. So when I first was thinking, you know, I'm I'm psychic. Well, who do I tell? I called her, <laughs> you know, and she's like, so you're psych. <laughs> and then yeah. when I moved back here, I started working as one. And she's like, oh, good. Because she when I would have therapy with her, she'd be like, you'd make a good therapist someday if you wanted to do that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I don't think I do because I'm not put together right yet. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, you know, this is great that you became a psychic because this is like where you, you know, she because she had said that before that I could bring things out of people and change mm -hmm. their thinking. And she changed how I think, you know, she taught me how to change how I think, mm -hmm. um, which is, it, it's a hard thing. It's very hard to do for me. It was. Um, but once I learned it, I can apply it to every area of my life. If I will do it, <laughs> you know, cause sometimes I want to sit in the suffering. Well, <laughs> I think you hit a really good point. This is about action. It's, you, you know, I mean, there are miracles that happen just with, you know, doing nothing. Of course there are. But for the most part, it's like, what are your spiritual practices? Practices, right. practices, practices, you know? Like, and we'll say that. They'll say, well, you can't win the lottery if you don't buy a ticket. It's like, <laughs> yeah, what action are you taking, you know? Yeah, yeah. And um, But one of the things that I also have my clients do, I'll say, what are your spiritual practices? And they'll say, oh, well, I pray. And I said, no, 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 no. That's one of them for you but what what else and one of them can be 
you know, you sat at your computer all day and you've Zoomed all day or whatever. And it's like, get up. Walk. Walk out in nature. Look at things. Don't take your dad gum phone and your <laughs> phone, put it in your pocket in case you have to call 911. Yeah. <laughs> or an okay. EpiPen if you have <laughs> Don't listen to it. You don't have the earbuds in. Yeah. Listen to the birds. Yes. Listen to the wind. Listen to not feel it. You can feel it. And when you listen to it, you just listen and you start to feel it all. Absolutely. Like the green and the the growth and the vitality of nature. It's really by there's a lot of vitality in nature. And you know, especially this time of year, fall, spring sun, summer, and then spring, winter. There's a little there's vitality, but it's different. Yeah. (laughs) It's 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 the all and it's so much smarter than we are. Yeah, (laughs) it works. I I wrote a poem called Grace Filled Trees. And um, and in there, I I talked about how that tree is. I just was outside pondering it one day. I've always loved trees. And um, I went to. Well, let me back up. I'm all over the place here. (laughs) When I was uh, first moved to Los Angeles, I guess I was living in Orange County. It was about two thousand, the year two thousand. I moved up here, and I was driving down a, a boulevard, um, Venice Boulevard, and I heard on the radio back in the olden days when we watched the radio, listened to the radio, watched the radio, and um, there said, "Well, there's a gathering of the shaman and the healers from all over the world at Big Bear," and they went into telling about it, and I thought, "I have to go," and I thought. Why do I have to go? I don't know. I had moved here from Texas and I thought, well, I don't even know where Big Bear is. I think it's I've heard them say it's up on some mountain, but I have a 14 year old Honda. Is that going to make it? up there? <laughs> and I thought, well, then I don't know what's there. And, and um, you know, I'm still kind of suspicious of all the weirdness here in L.A., but something drew me here. So. I thought, well, I don't know. So I did stop finally and get on the internet and because they named some people and I started looking at it and I saw this woman who lived in Topanga and that's not too far. And I thought, okay. So I called her and I said, may I have a session with you? She said, yes, go ahead. Yes, I'd love to. She said, may I dream for you? I thought, yeah, okay. Whatever that means. Knock what yourself out. Mean? What did that mean? <laughs> did you find out? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, sure. Do what you want. <laughs> So I went to her and I kept giving myself permission. I thought, no, um, if she's too hippy dippy or weird or woo, <laughs> I'll just I just say thank you very much, bye. And I just kept going, trusting my intuition, and and I uh, I met her and I thought this is a nice, cute little place. And she had all these little tchotchkes all over her room, and I thought, well, okay, well, I guess she collects these things, and. So I said, I don't know why I'm here, but I think we have worked together. We have worked together to do. And she looked at me and she said, yes. She said, you've come to to us to teach you how to be an elder. Oh. And I started to cry. Just, oh, my God. I, I, just thought, got I know you're right, but I don't I know what that means. Yeah. yeah I, I did, too. I thought, yeah, you're right. I don't know what it means. And <clears throat> so... She, um, you know, had me sit down. She started pulling a few cards and and I don't like the traditional um, tarot deck, what everybody says. This is I, I, it scares me. I don't like it. I don't like all the swords. I don't like all <laughs> nobody that. likes the swords, <laughs> like, hey, you know, and so <laughs> she was using something different. And I thought, oh, I'm open to this. This was kind of neat. And so um, 
she she was puzzled. She said, well, I don't know. And I thought, oh, good. I found the one and only tarot reader, psychic, that doesn't know how to use these things. <laughs> <laughs> she doesn't me. And so I thought, okay, well, you're just wasting money, but she's not done made you eat it raw chicken yet or something. <laughs> so I, um, <laughs> I, in a minute, I didn't hear it, but in a minute she started to laugh. She said, oh, I hear it now. And I thought, wonderful. What are we hearing? And it happened again, and it was the coyotes, and they were howling. And she said, you must have coyote spirit. Uh, as people, I said, that's these. She said, that's referred to as the trickster or the, the brings levity and light and humor to something. And people said you were funny. And I said, yeah, people always are funny. Me, I don't get it. You know? <laughs> but, uh, and she said, OK, now that they have acknowledged and you have acknowledged. And I said, me, like, I said, well, when I was driving up here through the canyon, two coyotes crossed my path tw- or a coyote crossed my path two times. Yeah. And stood in the light and stared at me for a minute. And uh, she started to laugh. She said, oh, I'll tell you what that means in a minute. And I said, uh, so, yeah, I guess I do. And they were the first to show me that they were one of my helping spirits. And so she said, well, now that we've acknowledged them, we can get down to business. So she spread the cards out and then they made sense. But they were messing with the cards to make Mm. sure that we knew. a good connection. Hi, hi, I'm here. Yeah, yeah. They wanted to let you know about them. That's right. (laughs) Use me, use me. um, So she she said, I want to do a soul retrieval on you. And I thought, okay. You know, (laughs) it seemed okay to me. And so she began doing it. And she she said, okay, I found a piece of you. And it's being protected by a lion and under a tree. And what came out of me immediately was I've been drawing that tree since I was eight years old. Wow. And it was my first logo hand drawn on my very first business. Oh, wow. And see, I could have gone all my life and never known that. Yeah. There was something hungry inside of me that I kept. It's almost like, you know, Hansel and Gretel used to drop the Breadcrumbs, <laughs> yeah, breadcrumbs. So, and I, that's kind of me. I look, I just follow the, the next breadcrumb. Yeah. Or what I also say is, I follow the next stone and look at and see if there's a message. Turn left, turn right, go here, and it ha, that has served me well, and it's led me to people. It's led me to you, the podcast. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> to uh, I'm open to it. Now I'm, I'm cautious. And I keep singing inside uh, because not everybody, unfortunately, is trustworthy in this world. But, um, you know, use that mantra. um, Show me the true nature of this person. Boy, you'll you'll get shown. But um, so that's kind of how here in California, how I started. And then she says, we I'm having a three year class of teaching shamanism. And uh, showing you and teaching you how to do this, if you would like. And I thought, yeah, I, I can't remember. I'd have to go look at my notes, but I think I saw her in May. And this this was supposed to start in July. And I thought, now, see, that wasn't a coincidence either. Yeah, that's weird. You know, yeah. It's like yeah. you know, I'm driving down. I, thought, I don't know where I was going, the beach or the grocery store, probably. And gathering with the shaman and the healers. And I thought, oh, from there to a three-year course. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, 
um, I started that course. There were 12 other women. We finally went down to about eight. And we all kept saying, why are we here? We're, we're not shaman. Shaman are from indigenous cultures. And they've been taken by the elder in their community and groomed. And yeah, we're all that's raggedy like traditional knowledge. Women, you yeah. Know? yeah. <laughs> she said no. Because two, th- two things. One, she said um, the, the distinction between the worlds is collapsing. So there's not the upper world, the middle world, the lower world like it was. You can travel. And more people are wanting to. We're getting ready for a shift. And more people want to know and want the veils to be even less dense so we can travel back and forth between visible and invisible. And every single one of us had a one foot in one world and another foot in another world. And I kept saying, how am I going to blend these two? And I do. Um, and you asked that question 500 years ago, and I'll finally get to the answer here. In a minute. <laughs> I forgot the question. Just <laughs> Yeah, I forgot the question. So, um, you know, and and I don't call myself a shaman. I I call myself a shamanic practitioner because okay. I use some of the tools and and I used I learned some of the basic practices from Dr. Michael Harner, who was an anthropologist and brought back core shamanism from all over the world. He traveled and learned um, what this culture did, what this culture did, what this culture wow. did, and and he saw practices that were uh, common to all of the tribes. And he uh, he developed the phrase core shamanism. So he brought back and he wrote a book, The, the Way of the Shaman, a long time ago. And I had said, that book. Well, he said toward the end of his life, and he died here a few years ago, that he would, he would have changed some of the stuff in that book. Yeah. But that's what he knew at the time. And he said, um, because he came back and he, develop these courses and people could take them in order. He'd say, you have to do this one first, et cetera. And then he would certify people. He'd give you a certificate and you were certified by the foundation for shamanic uh, studies. And then he stopped doing it, stopped certifying people because he said, what am I doing? I don't have the right to certify people. Spirit does that. So he stopped doing it. Um, I took, uh, many courses from him. I took them from uh, the woman that I met originally, Valerie. And then I took a lot of courses from Sandra Ingerman. And um, they all would say the same thing that, that, you know, if you're being led to do this, study it. And then the study is not so that you can do it right. It's so that you can develop your own talents and your own gifts so that that you come at the world and listen, um, maybe sometimes by using their techniques, but by learning what ones you were given. And so I thought that I was a good psychotherapist because I was just happened to be a naturally talented psychotherapist. And uh, <clears throat> I've come to realize that I was using my intuition probably more than. I was using my training um, mm. and um, I have a podcast as well, but I don't do visible because most of the time I'm in my pajamas. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all the recovered therapist. Oh. And it's because I've been in psychotherapy for about 30, 30, 
30-ish years, a little past that. And I'm much more um, intuitive now than I was at the beginning. Yeah. And I, um, I'm willing to just trust and do what I, I'm told to do with each person that comes in. Right. Uh, so I, it's almost like I'm unlearning some of the things that I learned at the beginning. And because uh, some of the very new therapists are horrible. Sorry. You know, it's so true. I've been in out of therapy <clears throat> since that first therapist and none of them have compared. I end up counseling them. <laughs> yes. yes. Well, they, because, because a lot of the places forced me to <laughs> therapy at the same time as medication. I have sight problems. It's actually something else. Um, it's hypermobile EDS, but it causes sight problems. And that was just diagnosed. But um, all of them, I mean, uh, you know, older, younger male, female, it didn't matter. They just, I would listen a lot, you know, like you probably like are used to people just coming up to you and telling you all this stuff. Right. Yes. Yeah. yeah so I, that happens to me a lot and <clears throat> I can tell it happens to you. They tell you their whole everything, right. They just, wow. So um, I feel like that some people just have that, like maybe you saw faces I don't know, or energy or something that I do. Yeah. I am curious about people. Maybe that's why you got into psychotherapy. I'm, I'm very curious what makes people do what they do. Why are they this way? You know, what happened to them? <laughs> Where are they going? I'm curious about them. And I yeah. think they can sense that. And they will just, you know, like the therapist would just start telling me stuff. <laughs> and then I'd ask them about it because I'm curious. And it would mainly be me talking to them about where they're going to go after they finish this job here, getting their, you know, whatever they need for school or, you know. Right. Right. <laughs> so. Well, you know, um, what I have learned in, in studying people is many people who get into psychotherapy haven't done their own work. That's so true. That's true with psychic stuff, too. Um, you know, mm -hmm. like when I was younger, I was, I was I've always been drawn to it since I was about 15, but I didn't really believe it. Mm -hmm. And uh, when I got my first phone line job, I think I was 20, I want to say I was 29 and I quit immediately. Like, cause I picked the name Katrina and then Katrina came through New Orleans, but I was in Arizona at the time. And I just felt weird about that. And um, the, I did log in the first day on my phone, like the old way you did it, dial it in, you know? Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, and uh, I just sat there for like an hour and I was like, if someone calls, I don't know what to do. I have no idea. And it wasn't time. I hadn't done the work at all. I mean, I'd done some, but not what I needed to do to get to where I could really help people, you know? Well, but also that being called on the spot, it's kind of like, you know, uh, oh, I play the piano. Oh, here, play us a tune. Play oh, yeah. oh. Chopin. Oh, you're a psychic. Okay, psychicus. psychicus. Tell us something. And it's like, uh, you're crazy. I don't know. Uh, you know. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that mantra and I'll tell you everything. Yeah. Don't put me on the spot. Okay. So, uh, you know, that just, yeah, I understand that. That scares me to death. And here lately, and this isn't fault of the young people who want to be therapists but many of them i don't know i could i was gonna go on, on a, <clears throat> off on a trail and i won't uh, oh you can <laughs> well you know i was gonna say schools they're desperate for money too so there's oh yeah sure you can be a, a, a therapist and teach group process on online no you can't 
And, you know, and, and when I remember I was teaching for a university at the time and they said, well, we're going to go online. We're going to offer these courses online. And I said, I understand that with some of them, you can do that. But how are you going to do group process online? I mean, even even as wonderful as Zoom has been for everybody, it's still you don't for me, I can't feel yeah, I, I got to have more energy, you know. So anyway, yeah. <clears throat> so many of them have gotten this stuff online. They have, but they wouldn't know what to do in a pause. Um, they say, OK, go run the group at 10 o'clock and they go in. They have a, you know, it's like school. They have a piece of paper. OK, today we're going to work this worksheet and talk about it. everybody. Yeah. Thinks, all you have to do is say, well, tell me about your feelings. Yeah. That's not all. Yeah. So it's like they're 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 not very good. So they're um, young too. Like very, you know, you're experienced. I mean, you know, but you seem like you've always had a lot of wisdom. You just seem like that. Well, I always thought I did, and told everybody I did. <laughs> I <laughs> I had to I did level my ego a bit. <laughs> but, um, before I did all this, I mean, I was trained uh, initially as a high school teacher, uh, a history and government teacher. So wow. when you were talking about people, uh, my business has always been people. Always. Yeah. And yeah. and believe it or not, uh, of course, you know, I was teaching in a, in a small town in Texas. And mm-hmm. and so everybody, all the other history teachers were the coaches. So they were running football plays in their history classes. Right. <laughs> I had that in my school, too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I guess they thought, well, let's get them to do that. So uh, I had I said that to my my students at the time, I said, look, if you want to know when a certain war was, go look the numbers up. Go type it in. <clears throat> but if you want to study people, my that's my history class. So um, I would teach thematically. I say, you know, you have to at least know that, you know, World War II didn't happen right after the, the American Revolution. Okay. <laughs> um, you have to have that. But otherwise, let's talk about people. And then there was no such thing in the olden days, in the dark ages, where there was no Internet, there was no cell phones. But uh, I had gone to University of Texas in Austin and they had done a big lecture classes, but they would do uh, slide slide music presentations. And I loved them and I thought, well, I can do that. Of course, I didn't have any equipment. I had no idea how to do it, but I discovered how. And back in those days, <clears throat> I would take a camera out of the library. We had to check the special camera out, and I'd take pictures, lift pictures out of books. Forget copyright. You know, I have to be an attorney at the time, and, and he said, as long as you use it for educational purposes and you don't make money on it, it's fine. I thought, okay, good. So I would be teaching something and I would show one of those. I would put it to a record, a vinyl, and know when to to flip the slide. Well, it went like wildfire around school. And so people would say, can I come into your class and see this today? And I said, well, yeah, you can, but I need a note from your teacher. So, you know, I'm not stripping the whole school of classes. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, so I taught history and government for uh, several years, five years or so. And then I took time off to be a mom. And then when my daughter was about 10, I went back to teaching and uh, I thought, I love graphic arts. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm going to add that. So I signed up to do graphic arts. And that's when I kept this nudge, you know, go get trained as a therapist. 
and especially to work with um, alcoholics and addicts and their families. And so that's what I ended up doing. And when I would, you can't sit around and just talk about that stuff all the time. You need to do some experiential work. You got to, you know, um, be able to act some of this stuff out, do role playing and stuff. And I remembered one time I was <clears throat> listening to this gentleman and he was talking about something that happened in his childhood. And uh, that's kind of my specialty is family of origin stuff. And so I was listening to him intently. And and all of a sudden I said, um, you were in the kitchen, right? You were about eight. And he said, yeah. And he went on and started talking. And then he looked at me, he said, how did you know that? And I was sitting, saying the same thing to myself. You're already already like, how did I know that? And uh, I couldn't let him know. I didn't know. I <laughs> What'd you <Yeah>. tell him? <laughs> so I just said, I said, you know, just a guess. Go ahead. Finished <laughs> it. And I thought, that's right. How did I know that? And that's so big. that's detailed in the kitchen at eight. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, I could see exactly where it was and what he looked and, like at eight. Right. <laughs> yeah. And the thing is, is that when I went to try to describe it to somebody, it wasn't that I, it, all I could really say is it was a knowing. Mm-hmm. I could see the kitchen counter and I could, I had a sense he was there and I had a sense he was eight, but it wasn't like I could see a picture like I see you right now. No, it's like in your mind's eye. It's like a dream <clears throat> or like a daydream. When you have your eyes closed, you're just daydreaming. You can see things or know things, you know, like uh, I'm a writer too. And I feel like knowing. you've done some. You done oh, yeah. yeah, I can tell you, you speak, mm-hmm. you, you're a good speaker. Yeah. But um, I feel like uh, writing especially gets that that part of the imagination going. I, I wrote fiction for years and um, fiction is just like you have to get into all these curious people's heads to create them, you know, mm-hmm. and it's really fun. Um, and it took a lot of work. And actually, you know, talk speaking of or doing the work on yourself. For me, that was a lot of doing the work for myself was writing books. Because these characters had a lot of the problems I had Mm -hmm. that happened, you know, and I would work through it kind of. I didn't realize I was doing it, though, you know, that's it. It's it's something that has maybe an adversity in our own lives that cause us, calls us is a better word, calls us to um, not resolve it, but walk through it or it, it it's it's well, in shamanic world, we call that an initiation. So you're initiated into it and hungry for an answer or resolution or just curious yeah. about it. Yes. And it becomes an integrated part of your life. Yes. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but if it does make it sense. It does to me because yes. uh, I, I really did study. Like I told you listeners, I told you before the podcast, I may have mentioned it before on the podcast, but I always had when I first started working with energy and thinking, am I psychic? Shamanism, like I told her was mm-hmm. the one that I was drawn to. And it, I did work with it for about uh, 10 years, maybe. And then when I started doing readings professionally, I could take people, I could take people into trance on the phone. Wow. And, and uh, we just, I call it, I didn't know what I was doing really. Cause I studied it here and there, like books or internet and a lot of different information mm-hmm. out there. But like mm-hmm. you said, you're really learning your own way. Right. And um, the main thing that would work for me is to go to the lower world with my guides and uh, we take them to their spot. I didn't know lower, upper, middle. I didn't know that. Right. So we would just go through a cave and then mm-hmm. we'd be in a spot. 
And so mm-hmm. they, I would just call it their place mm-hmm. and I would describe it to them and they'd always know what it was somehow from a dream or somewhere they'd daydream about being, or, you know, usually it was in their, their, their dreams as a recurring dream place or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you've probably done this kind of stuff and you can see mm-hmm. things there that maybe you oh, yeah. aren't right, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Talk to yeah, animals uh, and trees and whatever, whatever's there. One time I saw somebody's place was just like a big rainbow disc in space. And I was like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> you know? I want to tell you about one, one that I did. I was doing a soul retrieval on a, a young woman. And um, at the time she was in law school. And um, she'd come from a family that uh, back in the cave that didn't believe women should be having education. Mm-hmm. Why are you doing that? Why do you even go to college? Why would you go to law school? And uh, <clears throat> so she did it anyway. She was, um, she may have been in, in her, gone back to school in her thirties, I guess, to go to law school or late. Yeah. Cause she wasn't, she already had a, a bachelor's. So she was going to uh, upper school and, and she wasn't, 20 in her 20s so um i said okay we'll try to find the pieces of, of your soul and i'll bring them back if they want to come back so okay so i'm normally find hurt children or people you know uh, and so here was this little girl little girl she was about 14 in a crescent moon <clears throat> and the crescent moon that made a swing out of the crescent moon. So the swing was there and she was swinging and just was happy to be. I thought, great. first of all, you're not the age I usually find. Secondly, why are you happy? Yeah. And uh, so I said, hi, I'm here. And, and um, uh, do you belong to so-and-so? And uh, she would like to have you come back. And if that's what you'd like, and how did you get here and everything? And she basically said, oh, she said, I'm here to, to, to protect her gifts. And I said, okay. And she said, oh, her family didn't want her to be educated. And so I thought I'd just take that this off because otherwise she would have been, um, I wanted her to be curious about it. And otherwise, if I'd stayed, they would have beat me up and beat her up. And she'd never done this. And I said, <clears throat> makes sense. So she's ready for you to come back if you're ready. So yeah. So, and there was there was a song. And it was, um, would you like to swing on a star, carry moonbeams home in a jar? Oh. Those were the lyrics. And I thought, I know that. What was it? Who, who sang that? You know, but I that was what, what she kept singing. I kept hearing in the background. So I, um, my instructions are when I come back from a, a shamanic journey for you, I ask that you don't ask me any questions. You, I have a pad and paper there. I'll tell you about what I experienced. You write, you take notes. Um, and I may get the courage one day to um, record it, but uh, it has never felt right. Uh, so uh, you record it. I mean, you you record it and whatever we remember. And when I'm done, I'll say, all right. Um, now, if you want to ask me any questions, you can. And so first thing out of her mouth, <clears throat> I still have. Oh, and the, I forgot to say this girl was rest, dressed in overall blue jeans, <laughs> jean overalls. So first thing out of her mouth, she said, I still have those overall jeans. I said, you do? 
<laughs> that's even more shocking than the shaman experience. That's what I thought. I thought my, you know, my earthly Western mind ego jumped in there and I thought, damn, you can still wear the same. Yeah. And uh, you still have them too. And, yeah. And immediately came out of my mouth is you have to wear them when you take the bar exam. And so the next time I saw this girl, she shows up and she brought those overalls for me. <laughs> Isn't that fabulous? This is great. I couldn't believe yeah. it. I said, oh, my God, yes, that's exactly what I saw. And she did go wear them when she took the bar exam. She passed the bar, and she's an assistant district attorney uh, and in, I won't say what state, but mm -hmm. and uh, she works in the uh, child abuse. Wow. That's department. hard work. That's hard work. Uh, yeah. yeah, she's prosecuting perpetrators. Good. Good for yeah. her. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was just. Phenomenal. So you really put maybe that 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 joyful thing was what you brought her back, to, like mm -hmm. the joy of life and the confidence like, and, and the yeah. protection of her own. Yeah. So, see, so sometimes when pieces split off, they'll split off because they've been traumatized. They'll they'll they're it's a protective mechanism for that. But in this case, sometimes and in my case, it was they're going to split off and and they'll in order to protect some gifts. So that that little lion and the tree that was protecting the little eight-year-old girl that she found under under there, that girl didn't necessarily want to come back when when Valerie did that soul retreat. But she said, you know, um, you'll you want to come back. And she said, I don't know. And she looked at the lion and the tree and neither one of them would release her. Mm. And so Valerie promised them that she would um, teach them. Teach them, teach the tiger and the tree what? Would teach that she would teach me and the other parts oh. of me. Okay. How to do shamanism. Okay. Reluctant. They said, we'll let you have her, but you have to teach her and, and all the others that are with her. Yeah. And so Valerie promised, and she made good on her promise. She said, well, she's going to start in a class here soon. And uh, so, and I worked with her for three years, still in touch with her, but she's yeah, I love client. I love the long term clients, and and when they they get happy, <laughs> and then you stay yeah, friends. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it does take some so time. Sometimes, sometimes it takes years, like ten years. You know, for them to feel happy, and that for me, that's the goal. I'm trying to get them happy for my reason. And see, for me, uh, I have developed. I, I'm trying to say whether I've, if I developed a method. If I'm, I don't. I, the word I don't is. I don't know. Your own thing, Art. kind of. It sounds yeah, like. and it's a, it's a it's a way I work with people, and um, I've gotten more trusting in you know sharing some of what I wouldn't share normally. And one is sometimes when I'm working with somebody, even traditionally, I'll just keep yawning and yawning. I'm kind of <laughs> now that I've said that, um, my uh, lion will probably show up now. <laughs> Um, when in African tradition, when spirit has shown up to work with you, they begin to yawn and they say, ah, that's oh, when spirit. Wow, I have heard that. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know that until I was after I started yawning because I, I would work with some people. And then it was like, oh, my, even sitting there traditionally listening to them. And I would just yawn and yawn and I hope they don't think anything like I'm. I, I finally said one day. I finally said, um, 
You hear that little dog? Poor, I want that dog so badly. My neighbor ignores that little dog. So and oh, I, just, I have the same situation. Mm-hmm. Now he's brought him out to, he's working on his car or something. And he's brought her out. She'll just bark the whole time because she wants attention. She's a cute little thing. Yeah. So far, every time I say, well, when you're ready to give them that dog, <laughs> let me know. See, that's, a, that's something I've, I've always thought shamanism, like I've always loved animals. And that's part of why I, when I was first starting out, I was drawn to shaman. I love animals. I just I mm-hmm. bet you feel the same mm-hmm. way, right? You yeah. just love them all. Yeah. And they all seem like they have messages. Every single one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And they're, they're just like, they, all they know is love unless they've been hurt. And then it's just defense, you know? Mm-hmm. Or or they're feral, you know, and they're just wild. yeah. But they still they they've got just energy and vibrancy, and they 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 thrive on surviving, you know. And, totally and they they all have their own energies, and it's just so uh, that that and cats are my favorite. Even uh, listeners, before we started the podcast, Gandalf, as you've seen or heard him interrupting the podcast before, if you're a regular listener, he came up here, so she got to see Gandalf. And the interesting thing, Jeannie, is that um, when I told you I used to do the travels with yeah. my guide and it, my other guide was that cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he came into my life <laughs> like in real form. And it's just like when I when I'm a friend of mine got him for me and the other cat in a city like a city about 45 minutes away as a gift. Uh-huh. And he was sick. He had a runny nose and had oh. kennel cough, whatever the equivalent cat of cat kennel cover dog you know like yeah yeah Mm -hmm. and uh but when when i got to her car i met her halfway in between the two towns and she opened the back door and i opened the little pound box Mm -hmm. and they both popped out and i saw them as they were older instead of kittens for at first and that was that was gandalf that was my spirit cat who used to traveled through you know and i was like what What just happened you know and and he's attached to me yeah he's he's always usually i'm surprised he's not in here but he's 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 always you know and he whenever i'm like having i have stomach issues a lot and he'll make biscuits on my belly until I feel better. And, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he bites my head sometimes to get me out of bed. He'll pull on my sleeve, like get out of bed, like a dog, you know? And, uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's just a, that was a little miracle that happened in my life with, with Gandalf, you know, he was definitely him. There was no doubt. Cause mm-hmm. I, I had that therapist. I told you about one of the first things she did was like the spirit animal meditation, you know, the, like the one in fight club, everybody, um, and that's who I saw. I, I had a cave. My place in that meditation was like a cave with a, no roof and a big tree. And there was that cat, little gray cat, you know, exactly that cat. <laughs> no doubt. It was yeah. Strange. yeah. It's so fascinating. You know, when when I could finally let my Western mind be what it is, you know, and just say, um, I know you've been trained to, in a certain format, but can you step aside? And just be open yeah. and then to explore this. I've always found it safe. Always. Yeah. Uh, I have um, never been scared to death. I'm not worried about something getting me. And it's such a pleasure to be able to communicate with everything that has energy in it. Oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. And everything does. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, when uh I was diagnosed with cancer in 2007 and um, I was in the middle of my shaman training. And that weekend when we went to to gather, we were to be um, studying in plant medicine and um, herbs. And 
I've always had allergies and that has never been attractive to me. Um, flowers, et cetera, have represented me sneezing. Yeah. Right? You know, it's yeah. like, oh, and, and yet I've gone to Chinese medicine people and everything to try to do something about my allergies. And, and they would say, here, to use this. Or somebody say, use this oil. And I think, oh. The oil I'll makes it worse. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, or I, I did herbal teas and I just cough. And finally, you know, so one guy I was dating said, I think that's making you worse. And I started laughing. I said, I agree. I totally agree. <laughs> so we gave up all that. Did you but, find a way to get take care of your allergies? Uh, yes and no. Um, I still am, am working with it. Um, and believe it or not, one of the things that is the best uh, for me is I have a, a lady that an acupuncturist that made a uh, formula with heliochrysum, which is sunflower. Uh, yeah, and, um, it works better. And I th- when she said it, gave it to me, she said, here, I want you to use this. And I thought, oh, lady, please. And uh, but, you know, I was felt bad. And I thought, OK, how much is it? She said, <laughs> okay, I'll pay for it. Well, now she's moved. And I find her wherever she's moved. <laughs> and, she, and she, as we're speaking, she's sending me three more vials of this stuff. And I put nice. it all in. It works uh, better than, you know, $7,000 a minute with allergists. Who say, yeah, I know. Right. You don't have any allergies. Well, the one, one thing that might help you, though, is I do this for my boyfriend. Um, like, I don't know if you've learned this before, but if you pinch like the nerves, those little those little spots in between your fingers that it can does, like drain yeah. your sinuses. I yeah, don't know if that would does. stop you from sneezing, but it would does, does kind of drain your sinuses. And rub yeah, mine is m- much more congestion, and it does that does definitely help. Yeah, yeah, I, I learned that from an, an art teacher in like sixth grade, and uh, it's weird. I just remembered it when I was dating him, and I was like, oh, you know, because he was sniffly and stuff, and I did oh, it. Yeah. He loved the hand rubbing anyway, so but it did work. It, it dried him out, and I was like, oh, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. It's not yeah. like headaches too sometimes, like especially if they're sinus headaches, you know. Oh yeah, or atmospheric pressure headaches. Or, oh so. yeah. Well, uh, anyway, let me go back to this this weekend. So I was my attitude wasn't the best, and I was also depressed and scared to death. You know, the big C. So she said, "Okay, I want you to go out on the land because she lived in." an area where there was a lot of land. She got on the land and find a plant or two or tree or something to talk to and let them teach you. And I thought, oh, no. <laughs> no I had been in her class long enough that for her to say, go out and talk to a tree didn't bother me. I, I thought, okay, I can do that. So I went around. I thought, I don't, I don't like all this. And, um, you know, and I don't like bugs, although we don't have really bugs in California. But finally, I had a little chair to sit on, a little folding camp stool. And I thought, okay, I'll use this white oleander because it reminded me of the oleanders when I was a kid. Um, And so I thought, okay, and I kept moving my little stool because I'd set it down. I think, well, here are all these ants crawling on my legs. So, and you know, you're not supposed to kill anything, which is fine with me until it comes to roaches. And uh, but I think anyway, we all agree on that. I digress. <laughs> They're not uh, from Earth. <laughs> well, God, that's not what my spirit animals watch today. It will be. Oh, but, well, yeah. My, my son, Spencer, it, it, I think it is his spirit animal, a cockroach. One of them. <laughs> it's, oh, he hates oh. them. He hates them, but they always come to him. They fly to him. They oh, appear yeah, all yeah. around him and they're not. No one ever sees them but him. Oh, yeah. yes. Bless his heart. <laughs> so finally, I kept moving this little stool. And then what came to me, I started laughing. I thought, oh, yeah, you've come full circle. Duh. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I sat down. And so I looked at the white oleander and um, she began talking to me. Yeah. And I knew it was she. 
Yeah. And um, so I've written a, a kind of a blog thing uh, on my website and on about white oatmeal. She told me it's too long to, to, to tell, but she told me exactly what to wear when I went to for chemotherapy. Yeah. I was trying to decide, do I want to do chemotherapy or not? And so she said, you do this, you wear this, and this is what's going to happen. And I did it. And it, and one of the things that was so funny, she said, oh, just because something's poisonous doesn't mean it can't help. She said, look at me. I'm very poisonous. And look, people love the beauty. And I thought, well, you got a point, Leander. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I did. I did it exactly the way she said. And, um, you know, who would have known? That white oleander would have been one of my guides. Yeah. Therapy. I mean, yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm assuming the chemo worked, right? 15 years later, here I am. And yeah. I'm supposed to have been dead in six months, but that's amazing. It didn't happen. Yeah. Oleander didn't want you to. <laughs> I'll tell you something funny, too. I love to go out and talk to the, and I'll tell people, I say, okay, go out and just get a perspective, sit down and look at two trees or two plants. They're not saying, hey, I have 437 leaves. How many do you have? <laughs> I have a BMW. What do you have? How many likes do you have on Instagram? I have so many likes. None of that. They're just standing there awaiting spirits refilling. I mean, I look at all these poor dying things around here because it doesn't have and any rain. Doesn't. And yeah. they're just they're just there being a they're tree. surviving. They're yeah. just trying to survive in the desert. I lived in Arizona, so I saw that yeah. like the animals, they're just trying to get by. The plants are weird. It's like Dr. Seuss, you know, <laughs> it's incredible. Um, but they're so funny that, you know, they love to joke. I was taking some women um, on a journey to um, someplace near their home in the third world, you know, the middle world world <clears throat> uh and to observe and so i went to this little park near my house too and i thought i'm gonna try to become one with the rocks because the stones the ancient ones have been here before any of us you know they they some were underwater some of them were now exposed some were still oh underwater. i love some rocks i have rocks oh, yeah. all and, over the place i mean i've got rocks i do too i have everywhere so um bowl of rocks a <laughs> rock bowl of rocks <laughs> i have bowls and bowls of rocks yeah they're that, yeah. they're all my little sacred objects and my grandchildren come over since they were even two or three and and uh, I'll say to them these are Lala's sacred objects they're not to play with but you can touch them and they'll sit there for hours and touch them or they'll pick up the bowls and and make sounds and they love it so um so anyway this one day I thought I'm gonna sit on this big boulder in this park and just kind of become one with it and see what it has to tell me and so as I was getting ready to sit down, I got this image of these khaki, something's khaki clothing of some sort. And then I thought, oh, these are shorts. Oh, that's a butt. <laughs> it's butt. And, uh, and it was sitting on me. So and you I, were the I, rock. <laughs> I was. And I started laughing. Oh, I scared my cat. 
Oh. I said, oh, my gosh, do you have to put up with this sort of thing all the time? And the, the stone said, well, yeah. And I started laughing. I said, oh, my gosh. I said, I, would, I always thought it was something, you know, magnificent and beautiful. But I said, here, this old button and hack shorts sitting on top of me. And I said, and then I bet you then you have kids stepping on you and everything. And 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 we started laughing. Rock and I started laughing. And um I had not had such a fun experience with like a friend. And I yeah, know an energy and a spirit of rock was just fun, right? It <laughs> is. Well, yeah. I guess when you live that long forever, I uh, have to get a sense of humor. <laughs> it's been wonderful. Well, if uh, and you can edit this out if you don't want it, do you mind saying what your astrological sign? Oh is? no, I'm a Taurus. Um, I'm a, ca- a Taurus? Capricorn Moon with a Cancer Rising, Taurus, Mercury, uh, Venus, Gemini. I don't. Um, know. I can't remember the rest though. Yeah, I don't know all those. I love astrology for <clears throat> many reasons and. You know, it's just simply one other explanation of trying to explain a personality, yes. you know. Yes. And when I learned also, that, it made a lot more sense because I kept thinking, why is Aries always first when in the newspaper when you're looking up horoscopes? <laughs> and, um, then I learned that because Aries begins the infant development of the, of the soul. Right. And fire. so. And then it made a lot of sense. You get around to cancer and people are always saying, oh, my gosh, their cancers are so emotional. Well, they represent the teenager. Of course, they're emotional. And then you move all the way all around and then people get more intellectual, more heady. And until they're finally incorporated into to Pisces, which kind of incorporates everything. So it made made perfect sense to me. But that's interesting because I'm right there on the cusp between cancer and Leo with my sun sign. And then my rising sign is Scorpio. Interesting. You and do my, have a Scorpio vibe. You do. And my um, uh, I always love Scorpio. Moon, moon is uh, Capricorn. Ah, there we go. We're both Capricorn. Moon. No, uh-huh. we're on yeah. so well. Yeah. And my daughter is a Capricorn with a Cancer moon. No, uh, I Cancer rising, and she has three children. She and her three children all have Cancer rising. Oh, wow. They must uh, feel very strong love for each other or something. They do. (laughs) That house is is full of emotion and they're all talk at the same time. (laughs) You talk about really deep stuff really well and articulately. Yeah. (laughs) My my other son is a cancer and he he is like in seventh grade. He talked like, you know, a a 70 year old man who's educated by Harvard and went on to MIT or whatever. I mean, he always talked like, you know, like he's just a brilliant, but he can articulate every little thing. And he, and my dad's the same way. He just doesn't talk as much and they're both cancers. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's interesting. And we've been, we've talked about a lot. So this has been a really good conversation, Jeannie. I've loved it. And um, where can can listeners find out about you? Like you said, you have a website. I do. My website and and being from the South, maybe y'all understand it's called Fresh Out of Plans. S H. O-U-T-T-A, not out of, but fresh out of plans, P-L-A-N-S dot com. And the reason I that was one that was put in my head 20 years ago, um, it's, you know, it's like I'm I'm here to help you. I would love to help you, but but I'm tired of the yeah buts. 
You know, if you truly want to listen and follow direction, fine. If you have another plan, go use it. Yeah. But it's not going to work. <laughs> and you'll be back. <laughs> and when you're ready to really follow, be open enough to follow direction, then call me and talk to me, email me, text me something. And if you're fresh out of plans, because I ha- can teach you how to live in peace and joy and love, even in the midst of chaos. That's great. And I was going to ask. I learned how to do that with advice. You know, <laughs> you know it's like, um, I grew up in an alcoholic home and I know what chaos, trauma and all of that is. And the people that I help that are still experiencing that with children, with husbands, wives or themselves, you know, it's like <clears throat> they live in chaos and they react to everything. Yeah. You don't have to. You can if, when you stop looking out here. And there's a little nanosecond between what happens out here and you can choose to re- to respond, not react. Yes. And so I can teach you through certain techniques how to um, be peaceful, even when the world is falling apart. That's awesome. I got a call from a woman today whose son died of addiction. And um, she said, this is so weird. But she said, I'm at peace anyway. And I said, I know. Because she has also been following some of what I tell her to do. And and you need three things. You need to know what's happening. First step in this is untangling the mind. And it's like, what is it? What am I telling myself? What am I? You know, the metaphysical writers knew that in the 1930s. They said, change your thinking, change your world. Yeah. And and we know that as a culture. Um when people say, well, that's a self-fulfilling prophecy. If I wake up in the morning and I'm, oh, God, I'm tired. This is going to be a terrible day. <laughs> Guess what, honey? You're going to have a terrible day. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if you have, so what is in my head that's blocking me? And then what are my spiritual practices? What do I need to do? Do I need to go outside and watch an ant? Do I need <laughs> to squirrel? Do I, what do I need to do? Do I need to pray? Do I need whatever traditional it is? And then where is your community? Not always the family. Sometimes that's not a community. It's a family of choice, not a family of origin always. Right, like a tribe. tribe. And you have to have a tribe for two reasons. You have to have a tribe that supports you when you need it. But more importantly, you have to have a tribe and a place where you can go be of service. Get out of yourself. And that doesn't make sense half the time, you know, when you're not feeling good. It makes sense to me because if I can stop thinking and focusing, being self-focused when I'm in a bad place and externalize something else, get do something with my hands, especially. That's that's Yes, and I'm I'm not talking about that, what used to be called codependency, go out, I feel bad, so I'm going to go try to help you run your life. No, Uh, it is. I said that to another mother whose son is in terrible shape and, and it affects grandchildren. And I said, go do be of service somewhere. Don't work in the field of addiction. Don't go talk to any family about addiction because that's where your heart is dying. But I said, where can you go? Open the door for somebody walking into the stop and go or the 7-Eleven, the convenience store, or the grocery store or something. It's not at someone say hello. Um, go at, if you belong to a church, is there something you can do there physical? Can you go say, can I 
you know, clean out the broken toys in the children's department? Can I, you know, what can I do? Can you cook a meal and take it to somebody? Do something physical. And so, yeah. so you think of somebody besides yourself is when you were in a bad spot, we just get self-absorbed. Yeah, so. very much so. And it's, it's hard to get out of, but like you said, an action will do it. Yeah. And um, I, I just really thank you so much, Jeannie, for coming on the thank podcast. You. It's wonderful to meet and, you. And, uh, I will put your information in the description of the podcast listeners so you can find her. You've got to. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Thank you. And, thank um, you. Wonderful also, to meet you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. You. And I also want to thank uh, our sponsor, Everclear. Everclear is an advice app where you can get advice from psychics and empaths so you can get the clarity you need to create the life you deserve. And of course, lastly, I want to thank the listeners and watchers, maybe if they figure it out. And <laughs> we love you. I love you. Misty's not here. She's on a vacation. Woo! Look good for her. She's gambling. Don't tell. Oh, me. that's wonderful. She went that's to the cool. casino in Mississippi. She okay. Casino with her All husband. Right. So she's having a good time. And listeners, we love you. Yeah, again, still, I uh, uh, still love you. Like thirty seconds later, and um, we'll catch you in a tomorrow. I got another podcast. Maybe we'll post it. So thank you very much for listening and watching, and we'll see you later. Bye. Bye.